This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Well, as you've likely heard in the news, the B.C. Human Rights Commission is coming back. We haven't had a human rights commission in this province for several years. And Ravi Kalan, who's an MLA, he is also uh, the Parliamentary Secretary for Sport and Multiculturalism. He's also been tasked with leading the consultation on the reinstatement of the commission, is joining us on the line to talk a bit more about this. Uh, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me this morning, Jill. Uh, how, maybe take us back. We, we know that the announcement was made uh, by uh, our new government that the commission was coming back. Uh, we haven't had one for several years. How important is it, do you think, that we have uh, a BC Human Rights Commission? Uh, well, uh, Joe, we haven't actually had a human rights commission here for 15 years, and uh, we are the only province in Canada that does not have one. And uh, under our obligations to uh, the UN, other international bodies, um, you know we're, we're not within the law. And uh, and what I've been hearing through uh, the early days of consultation and hearing from the public is that there's a great need. There's a great need from the public, and there's a great need from also from the business community to have a body that uh, that can guide and uh, and address uh, systematic issues. Uh, we have a tribunal. So wh- why is the tribunal not good enough? So the tribunal uh, in uh, all jurisdictions across Canada uh, is is a very much a reactive body. So if you've been discriminated against, you can take your case to a tribunal. But what a commission does is it focuses on issues before they come. Um, you know, I, I was trying to uh, uh, it's, it's, it's preemptive care for our society is the best way I can put it. And uh, what we're hoping is the commission can look into issues and start addressing them before they get there. Uh, for example, uh, you know, I've been meeting with groups, uh, disability groups, and, uh, and they talk about how some public buildings um, have accessibility for people with wheelchairs, for example, and some don't. And, and we've also heard from various groups saying, well, it'd be nice if there was some sort of centralized resource uh, available uh, to give advice on how best to uh, ensure our buildings are um, uh, um, designed so that uh, it's a wheelchair accessible. So that's just one small example of it, but uh, it's really looking at societal as a whole as opposed to just looking at the individual cases. And what powers does the Commission have? If somebody takes a concern to the Commission once it's back in place, how does the whole process work? Well, we're looking at different models right now, Jill. Um, you know, Every province has their own kind of model that it works with. Uh, we have just a tribunal, uh, so just kind of a court case, uh, uh, courtroom style. Uh, Ontario has a different model, which they have um, a commission that looks at systematic issues. They have a tribunal that looks at individual cases. Um, you know, Northwest Territories has a completely different model. So we're, we're uh, essentially what I've been tasked by the Attorney General and the Premier to do is to learn about different models. Um, and ensure that I'm listening to the voices of British Columbians to make sure that the two match. Uh, And in the consultation so far, has there been a theme that has emerged or a particular area uh, where people uh, are are bringing forward concerns or saying this is why we need the commission? Yeah, there's been lots. I mean, I think that's, uh, for me, uh, doing this role, that's been kind of the most fascinating piece from it. You know, we've got our engagement website um, where people are starting to throw comments online, but we've also met with many organizations, uh, and they've raised issues with us as well. Uh, the first one that jumps to me is uh, is around First Nations. 
Um, we've had education groups come to us and talk about, uh, you know, the out- edu- educational outcomes for Aboriginal youth in our school system, uh, and, and the numbers are actually quite appalling. Uh, we've uh, had discussions on Aboriginal youth or Aboriginal community, or First Nations community, uh, regarding health and health outcomes. Um, we've met with uh, LGBTQT and trans community about, um, you know, how, how police, for example, uh, deal with someone if they have to uh, engage with someone from the trans community or bathrooms, uh, for example. Um, I had a very interesting discussion just recently. I'm not sure if you're aware, Joe, but the uh, federal government is looking at uh, passports and looking at gender on passports and trying to figure out if gender is gender needed on passports. And there was a discussion happening around, you know, perhaps there should be a, another box and it just says other. Um, and so this group that was just recently meeting with me was saying, well, we have IDs in the province uh, and they, ha- they collect gender. And if we got rid of race a long time ago, why is it that we still need gender? There might be places where we need it, but they're saying, why isn't some, somebody looking at that? And so, um, so, you know, these are kind of the issues that have uh, come to me, but it's been an amazing experience for me as a, as a new MLA uh, to uh, visit communities, talk to groups, and learn about all the issues. Uh, when do you hope to have all of the information, or what is what is the, your role uh, after you finish gathering information from people in the province? So um, the consultation, the public consultation, is going to go up to November 17th, and then um, I, the Attorney General has asked me to turn that around into a report by the end of the year. So it's, a, it's an aggressive timeline. You know, when I first came into this, my hope was to really hear as many voices as possible and really get to people uh, that have been affected. And what I've learned through this process is that, uh, you know, people who have been discriminated against, uh, it's not easy to talk about these things. And, uh, and you know, you have to have that respect and trust built in. So uh, that, that's been a bit of a challenge because we haven't had time to build that trust and respect, uh, especially when it comes to First Nations. So, uh, you know, we've had a lot of organizations that have brought issues forward to us. Um, and so, Essentially, after November 17th, uh, I'll be doing a lot of reading because I have to go through all the submissions, uh, the written submissions that, uh, that are coming in now. And looking at things, then, that's an interesting point you bring, that it's not easy to talk about. And, that, and that's true no matter, uh, I mean, various various issues that have come forward. But say, if we're looking at something like discrimination in the workplace, uh, it, does it make it a place where somebody might be very uncomfortable talking about that in the workplace or bringing that up in the workplace? Uh, do they feel more comfortable or is the idea that uh, maybe if you can't bring it up in the workplace instead, you go to the commission? Uh, that, that's correct. Um, but you essentially this is a creating a safe space for you to be able to go to the commission uh, might not be able to address your the direct issue they might end up sending it to a legal services department to, to help you build your case but if they certainly hear something enough um, then then that's something that they can start looking at is uh, again systematic issues that um, can help uh, people before these discriminations happen but you know Joe on on our engagement website we've we've posted questions because when we first talk about human rights, most people say, yeah, of course I believe in human rights. And then you say, well, what, you know, what, what human rights do you believe in? And then people will struggle. And, and the, ch- the challenge is that 15 years without having a body that is there to educate the public about their rights, uh, you know, we shouldn't be surprised that people uh, after 15 years don't know much about what their rights are. And so, uh, you know, that's why the uh, Human Rights Commission is 
is critically important. And we, we've been posting questions on the website every week and a half or so. And they've been very simple questions. We were trying to get deep into the issues on human rights. And we're finding some quite remarkable responses back. Um, I think the, the biggest trend that I'm hearing on in the workplace is women, uh, A, uh, women uh, and pay, not been getting equal pay with, uh, uh, with men. Uh, and second is around pregnancy. And, uh, and so, you know, uh, it's going to be a, something I think the Human Rights Commission is going to have to look at uh, for creating a policy for employers. Hmm. Uh, well, how can people still get involved? If somebody uh, wants to submit to, or wants to learn more about this process that's underway right now, what is the best way for them to get involved? Well, there's uh, the website that we have going, which is uh, engage.gov.bc.ca, and that's BC Human Rights. Or you can just Google search BC Human Rights, uh, BC Government, and, and the first link that pops up is this one. Um, and those that don't have accessibility to uh, computers or the Internet can easily go to any MLA office and submit a written note. Uh, it can be just as simple as, this is how I feel my human rights have been uh, um, infringed on, or it could be, here are some suggestions. Uh, there's no specific format. Just put it in an envelope, hand it to your local MLA, and ask them to submit it on your behalf. And do you think, will there be changes too to, to the accessibility once we see the new commission? Do you think it will look much different from the old commission? Uh, I think from the early days of conversations, and I don't want to get too far into it, but I, I think certainly there would be a difference. Uh, you know, the, the commission uh, 15 years ago that we had in place um, perhaps had, had its challenges and, 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 and maybe was designed for that time. But, you know, human rights are changing. You know, like I've heard some amazing things about where human rights are going. Uh, one, for example, that jumps out at me is gene studies. Uh, you know, we're doing so much research on gene, genome study. Um, and so there's concerns about how do we ensure, how do we uh, make sure that in the future that insurance companies don't discriminate based on a person's genes. And, and I'm like blown away by all this. So we need to ensure that whichever, whatever the commission's structure is and mandate is, it's encompassing enough that it can start addressing the issues, not just of today, but the issues of tomorrow. All right. Well, I'm sure we will check in with you again uh, closer or, uh, as the process continues. Uh, Ravi, thank you so much for joining us and talking about this uh, and again, letting people know where they can get involved if they want to get involved. Uh, thank you so much. Jill, thank you for having me. All right. Have a good rest of your weekend. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That is Ravi Kailan. He is the MLA and he is in charge of gathering the information as we work on putting a new BC Human Rights Commission in place in this province. Vancouver's News. Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.